together. Father God, we do, we do thank you. We thank you for the gift of your word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to come and to study it together. Lord, we pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and that you would move among us. I pray, Lord, that you would use my words, that we might be encouraged and equipped and challenged, that we might know more of your love for us, that we might, uh, with a boldness and a courage, continue to step out to be the people that you've called us to be. Amen. Right. I wonder, have you ever noticed how often people use the word bless? It's a lot. Um, if, if you're my husband, Kai, uh, you use it about 20 million times a day. I don't exaggerate. He literally says it all the time. And it's brilliant because it goes for all kinds of situations, okay? Something great happens and he will go, oh, that's awesome. Oh, bless you. That's amazing. Tell him some bad news and he will go, oh, oh I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, bless you. See, works both ways. It's great. Um, if something's quite cute, you look at them, maybe a little baby. I say this because my sister just had one. It's all squidgy and new. And you look at it and you go, oh, bless. If somebody sneezes, you say, bless you. In church, we use it all the time. At the end of the service, later on, it will finish with a blessing, just like all our other services. We bless people. We bless stuff. Kai was out blessing rally cars not all that long ago. We uh, bless pets. Um, We bless our food in the words of the grace. Seriously, we do it all the time. But how often do we stop to think about what we actually mean when we say those words. I mean, we might think that perhaps blessing someone is, um, it's kind of like, if you bless something, it's kind of like giving it favor, isn't it? Unless it's a person, then it's rude to call it it, because my nan said so. Um, But basically, or essentially, if we bless someone, all we are doing is calling on God to, to uh, make them happy and safe. That's literally all it is. If we're blessing stuff, if we're blessing a house for argument's sake, essentially what we're doing is we are calling on God and we are saying, God, would you please, the people who live here, the people that visit, would you, would you make it a happy and safe place to be? And tonight, tonight is all about the blessing. Um, We are coming to the end of our story or are working through the story of Joseph. And the people of Israel, the God's people, have been blessed. At this point in the story, they are now uh, all safely, I was going to say safely tucked away in Egypt, but I'm not quite sure it works like that. But they're all safely um, in Egypt. They, uh, we now know that they are going to survive the famine that has threatened their very existence. Um, but jo- Jacob, oh, how many times am I going to get them two mixed up again tonight? Jacob... Um, who at the beginning of our story was a young man surrounded by his sons. 
is now an old man. He is old, he is frail, he is ill, and he is preparing to die. But for Jacob, as the patriarch of Israel, as the leader of God's people, this means that there are one or two things that he needs to do. And one of those things is that that he needs to pass on the blessing of God to uh, to the next leader. God gave the blessing originally to Abraham, who gave it to Isaac, who gave it to Jacob. And now it is Jacob's turn to pass it on. And so tonight I want us to think a look a little bit at Jacob's blessing and to see what that tells us about blessing. And, um, and I think really the first thing to say is that blessing often begins by acknowledging the past by acknowledging what has gone before. And we've said this before, um, and I'm sure I'll say it again, that often there is, a, there is a need in all of us to remember what God has done in the past in order to look forward to what he's going to do in the future. And Jacob has lived a very blessed life. And when I say blessed life, I don't necessarily mean good life. I mean, it is fair to say the poor guy has had some very questionable moments in his life. But his life has always been blessed. And here he is at the end of his life, and he's kind of reflecting on his life. And he's looking back, and he reflects on all the blessings that God has given to him. He reflects on the death of his wife, Rachel. And as he looks back... He realizes that throughout it all, throughout those questionable moments, throughout the troubles, throughout everything, God has always blessed him. God has always been faithful to him. God has always been by his side and it is God who has brought him to the place where he's at now. And in reflecting and acknowledging the past, Jacob's mind is focused on God. It would be really easy for him, uh, as he looks back over his life, to, to wallow on the bad bits. But he doesn't. And we know he does because he's complained a lot at times. But here his mind is totally and utterly focused on God. And the fact that God has always been faithful and has always blessed him. And when he looks back and he sees God's faithfulness in the past, it gives him the confidence that without a doubt, he can proclaim God's blessing and faithfulness for the future. And he does. You know, when he proclaims the blessing over the boys, he hands out parcels of land He doesn't own that land yet. It doesn't belong to them. But he trusts in the promise that God has said he will one day give them that land. But he can only do it because he has to look back and acknowledge God's faithfulness in the past. And it might be really easy, I guess, for us to sit here and go, well, I am not the leader of God's people. I do not have to pass on the blessing like Jacob. But we do. As God's people, it is our job and our calling 
to pass on the blessing of God to all those that we meet. And if we want to do that without doubt and with confidence, then we have to acknowledge all that God has done in the past. And I don't mean when I say reflecting on the past, this is not um, an opportunity for us to wallow in our self-pity of all the bad stuff that we've done in the past. Equally, it's not a time for shameless uh, self-promotion where we sit there and go, yeah, I did that bit pretty well. This is not it. This is our call to be focused utterly on God and what he has done for us on the past. Because when we acknowledge all the countless blessings that God has poured on us in the past, we are emboldened and enabled to proclaim those blessings over the future, just as Jacob did. I mean, Jacob is at the end of his life, but arguably this is his finest moment as leader because he finally gets it. If we want to proclaim blessing, then we have to acknowledge God's faithfulness. Um, few, oh, say a few years back, but I was here a few years back, so you have to kind of ignore my fuzzy timeline, I'm afraid. But I was in, uh, I went to a, to a parish that is, I want to say, in the back of beyond, shall we say. It was an ex-mining, uh, an ex-mining village. Um, it was once a village that would have that that was that was thriving, but now it's a forgotten village. The mine is closed. People that used to come no longer come. The shops have gone. The pub has gone. There is no longer. They no longer live on a bus route. It is genuinely like the place that everywhere forgot, and. Um, for whatever reason, me and a few other people felt that God really wanted to work in that place. So we rocked up and, uh, and we turn up and, you know, there's, a, there's just a few people there. And, and me being me goes in with a massive size three and a half and says, God's amazing. God's got to do so much stuff in this place. And they all just stared at and blessing did not come <laughs> until I realized that what we needed to do was look to the past. And that's what we did. We got out the old photograph albums. We got out, you know, the old bits and pieces that they had. And we looked back and we remembered. Well, I didn't. I learned. But we remembered. Not so that we could look back and we could do exactly the same again. We looked back and they remembered a time when their community was thriving. They remembered a time when their church was the centre of that community. They remembered a time when God loved that place and poured out his blessing upon them. And then some numpty in a dog collar said, well, you know what? The God that did all that is unchanging. <laughs> because he is, isn't he? And then you have, that, you have that kind of moment of going, yeah, that same God who was so faithful in the past and who did so much in the past can and will do the same again. And it was amazing to watch as these people realized that God still loved their community. And, it, and, and they just kind of had this courage then 
to really go out and proclaim God's blessing on their church and their community. And then, then the blessing came. Sometimes when we want to bless, we have to start by looking back at God's faithfulness. But Jacob doesn't wallow in the past. As he speaks over the boys, he also looks to the future. And he speaks to them prophetically. Sorry. And, uh, and he does two things as he looks to the, past, to the future. The first thing he does is he safeguards the boys' future. This is kind of the, the keeping them safe part of the blessing. Because by blessing the boys, he is drawing them into God's family. You see, the problem with Jacob's grandsons, or now his sons, is they they are not really Hebrews. They were born in Egypt. They were born to an Egyptian mother. Their Egyptian mother was the daughter of an Egyptian priest who served Egyptian gods. Their father, yes, Joseph, was a Hebrew, but... To all intents and purposes, he looked and sounded more like an Egyptian than he did a Hebrew. And let's not forget that he served under Pharaoh and he's Pharaoh's second in command. This creates a massive question mark over whether or not there is actually a place for these boys within the family of God's people. And yet when Jacob blesses them, He draws them into the family without question. He secures their future as part of the people of God in a way that they couldn't have done for themselves. When he blesses them, he safeguards their future. And of course, when we look to bless people, our prayer in blessing them, isn't it? is that they would come into the family of God, that their future, that their eternity would be safeguarded by God. Jacob's blessing looks to safeguard uh, the boy's future. I'm calling them boys. They're they're actually men in their 20s (laughs) by this point. So whilst I'm calling them boys, I'm just showing my age. But just for context, they are boys. They are boys. They are men in their 20s. Um, so he safeguards their future, and then he, um, and then as he speaks prophetically over them, I, th- I find it really interesting. Joseph, Jacob actually acknowledges that God's story is bigger than his story. You see, Jacob is preparing for a time when he is not going to be there. He is passing on this blessing because he knows the time is coming that, where he's going to die. And Jacob kind of has this realization that actually what he is passing on is not his story, not his legacy, but God's story and God's legacy. He realizes by looking back to look forward that actually God's story was there long before Jacob and God's story is going to be there long after Jacob as well. He plays his little part, but actually this is God's bigger story. And sometimes, sometimes that's tricky for us to get our, well, not to get our heads around, but maybe in our humanness, 
to, to, to kind of like. <laughs> you know, we all like, we'd all like to think, if we're honest with you, that the world would come to a halt if we weren't in it. You know, when you go away and you come back and you realise that everything has carried on perfectly well without you, and there is that little moment where you think, oh. <laughs> we, all want, uh, we all want that kind of, we all want to be... We all want to be remembered. We all want to have that legacy. Terrible thing. Get yourself in a room full of vicars and they'll start talking about what their legacy is going to be. After they've talked about the number of people they've got in their congregations, they'll start talking about legacy. And I've met some fabulous vicars over the years. I remember one guy who uh, was part of a really uh, sort of big, beautiful church. And he said to me, he said, hey, he said, I'm going to know when I can retire he said, because my legacy, he said, is going to be uh, reinstating the, the choir vestry and the choir and to, to bring the choral tradition back to the church. Other vicars will, will say, and it doesn't have to be vicars, I'm just picking on vicars because I am one. Um, other vicars will go, oh, I can retire when the big reordering project is done. That's going to be my legacy. But actually... What Jacob's blessing challenges us is that actually this isn't about our legacy at all. As Jacob is passing on the legacy, as passing on the blessing, he's doing it through God, not through him. Does that make sense? Yeah? This isn't about him. You know, many of you will know uh, Jim, who was one of our interns last year, who uh, spent a decent chunk of time with us in the well. And uh, Jim left earlier this year, and we did what you always do. You know, we got a card and everybody signed it. Except I didn't sign it. I, um, I said to Jim, I said, I don't know what to write in it. I said, I can't, I can't think of what the right words are to say. And uh, I said, in the end, I said... Jim, you'll have to take it home. I said, and I'm going to text you later on the words that I should have written, and you can write them in yourself. I know, it's embarrassing, isn't it? But I actually did this. And the reason I couldn't, I couldn't think of what I wanted to write was because I, I felt like I needed to impart to him some kind of wisdom, some kind of pool of knowledge that would see him well into the, into the next chapter of his life. I mean, did you ever hear such rubbish? <laughs> I mean, love him. He didn't need anything from me. Actually, all Jim needed from me was to say, Jim, look how amazing God has been since you joined us. And look how much he's going to bless you in the future. The problem was I forgot to take me out of the equation. And so, Jim, lovely, if you are watching this, I am so sorry. And I hope that goes some way to explaining the random text I sent you yesterday. <laughs> but you see, if we want to pass on the blessing of God, then we have to be people who will hold the blessings that we've got really lightly. We have to be prepared to take ourselves out of the equation and just simply pass on the blessing. We have to acknowledge that what we do is we just play our tiny little part, 
But actually, it is God's story from past, present to future. It's his blessing. It's his plan. If we want to pass on the blessing, we've got to prophetically trust God for the future and acknowledge that it is all about him and not about us. And I'm coming into land, I promise. But just before I do, um, I would just like to, um, to address the, the dirty great elephant in the room with, uh, with this passage. And that is, as we have gone through the story of uh, Joseph um, and, and the blessing, oh, there's been a ton of blessings just flying about everywhere. But have you noticed how none of these blessings actually go to the people who deserve them? You know, Jacob is the the leader of of God's people. He has the blessing to pass on, but he's only got it because he cheated his way to it. Isaac only blessed Jacob because he lied and made his father think that he was his older brother Esau. Okay? He didn't deserve his blessing. So, when Jacob comes to pass it on, the blessing should go to the firstborn son. Jacob's firstborn son is Reuben, not Joseph. His firstborn son came from his wife, Leah. But he didn't really love Leah. He was tricked into marrying Leah. So he, uh, he, Joseph was going to get the blessing because he was his firstborn son with Rachel, which was the wife that he truly loved. And yet the blessing's not going to Joseph either. It's going to Joseph's son. And then when he's just about to give the blessing, he doesn't give the blessing to the older son. He gives the highest blessing to the younger son who also doesn't deserve it. Nobody is deserving the blessing they're getting. Can you identify with that at all? Have you ever watched somebody else get blessed and think, what did they ever do to deserve that? I know, I'm saying it quite quietly, but some of you are nodding, so it's making me feel better. Have you ever looked at someone else and gone, that's not fair, God. Why are they getting it and not me? And we don't know what the brothers make of the mixed up. Well, it's not mixed up, it's deliberate. The the blessing that goes to the wrong brother. We don't know what they make of it because we're, we're never told. But we know that Jacob gets cross. Oh, the irony is all I'm saying to that one. But Jacob, uh, Joseph gets cross. Because in his human and his earthly sense, he wants things to be just. He wants the blessing to go to the right person. But it doesn't. When we see um, other people being blessed sometimes, if we think that we're being passed over, perhaps, if we think that others are getting things that they don't deserve, it's easy for us to become angry. It's easy for us to become angry at God. It's easy for us to resent God and resent other people. And it can eat away at us. But I think here's the thing. I think when we see other people getting things that perhaps we don't think they deserve or getting the things that perhaps we think we should have had, 
We have to ask ourselves, well, we have to do two things. We have to first come before God and ask him to give us a big old dollop of humility. But also, we have to ask ourselves, what did I ever do? What did I ever do to deserve God's blessing? And I say this not as an exercise in making us feel bad about ourselves, but as an exercise in perhaps helping us get some perspective. Because the truth of the matter is, every single one of us who is here today, every single one of us who counts ourselves as part of God's family, did absolutely nothing to deserve it. We are saved by grace and grace alone. We are here because God loved us enough to send Jesus that he might safeguard our place in his family for all eternity, that he might pour out his blessing upon us. And there is absolutely nothing our good works or otherwise can do about that. We are not here because we deserve it. We are here because God chooses to bless us, because God is sovereign. Thanks. God blessed Jacob. Jacob passed on the blessing down the generations. God has blessed each and every one of us here, and he calls us to share and to pass on that blessing to the other people that we meet so that through that blessing they might come to know Jesus that through that blessing they might come to be a part of God's family that through that blessing God's story might continue to be told that God's story might continue to unfold for generation generation to come. Shall we pray?